Okay, so um, hello again, everybody. Um, I saw a bit of a delay on my time there. I was looking at my screen. Uh, okay, let me fix my screen real quick. I feel like I am way... Okay, there we go. All right, so um, how is everybody doing? How are you guys doing? Uh, I know this isn't my usual time to air or to record or to go live on, on YouTube. Uh, it is actually Friday, uh, February the 2nd, and the time is 12.17 a.m., so it is past midnight. I know I usually record on Wednesdays, but... Um, uh, I just had some a bit of delay with with uh, with editing and so on. Um, not of of this video, of course, with the uh, with my other online outreach and uh, e evangelism. So uh, I meant to do this earlier, uh, but here I am now, Friday midnight. So I know a lot of you might probably be watching the recorded version of this, and. Uh, uh, and that's fine, you know, at least you get to hear the message and that's what's important. Um, so let's, let's, uh, let's pray before we start. Father God, thank you for this opportunity to learn your word, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, that, um, that you have given us uh, another wonderful week, Lord. Uh, we pray that you help us to understand your message for us today, Father God. Please let me be an instrument of your word. Please do not let my words be my words. Please let them be your words, Holy Spirit. Father God, I thank you for the privilege of serving you. And uh, 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 thank you for everything that you have done for me and, and um, for everyone who's, who's uh, watching this video. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Okay, so today we're going to be looking at uh, let's see, we are doing, we are doing, okay, so your notes is actually below uh, the, it's on the description link, description section of this video, which is below this video, you'll see the link there um, to the notes, uh, I do this every week so you guys can follow, okay, and I've got, I've written some of the verses that I usually talk about um, uh, during the study. Okay, so today we're going to be doing uh, Matthew twenty six seventeen to thirty. Okay, so let's go there. Matthew seventeen. Whoops. By the way, I'm still not over about what happened to the Rams. I'm really sad about it, but you know, maybe next year. Maybe next season, you know. I'm gonna wait until September. You know. Meanwhile, I don't know what to do. I probably watch the Lakers, you know, who aren't doing that well either. But oh well, you know. Okay, so Matthew twenty. I saw my my mom and my sister. They went to the store, the mall today, and they they. Took a photo of a Rams uh, uh, bag that they were selling for ninety nine cents only. So it really sucks, and it it hurts me deep that um, they're selling something you know for ninety nine cents of my favorite team just because we lost. Anyway, I'm over it, I'm, or I'm trying to get over it. So let's continue. Matthew twenty six. 17 to 30. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm reading from the NIV version. So in the first verse 17, so on the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus. Hold on, sorry. I got the wrong one there. No, I mean uh, I'm on the wrong screen okay there we go on the first day of the festival of unleavened bread the disciples came to jesus and asked where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the passover 
He replied, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him. The teacher says, My appointed time is near. I'm going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. They were very sad and began to say to him, one after the other, Surely you don't mean me, Lord. Jesus replied, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. Jesus answered, You have said so. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Okay, so let's let's try to let's try to break it down uh, bit by bit here. Okay, so verse seventeen on the first day of the festival of unleavened bread. Okay, so last Bible study we talked about the Passover, right? And uh, the Passover was uh, an event that uh, took place a, a long time ago, where God delivered the Israelites from uh, from the hand of the Egyptians. Okay. And um, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, it goes on for a week to commemorate the Passover meal and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. You know, they, they do that to, come, to remember what, it, what God did for, for the Israelites back then. So the, Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread is for one week. And then the Passover, the Passover meal, okay, is on the first day. So that's one night and they eat that and they, they last for a whole week. So during the Feast of Unleavened Bread, they throw out any yeast whatsoever in the house. So they, they don't keep any of the yeast. And the, the story behind that is because when God delivered the Israelites out of Egypt, they left in such haste that they didn't have time to let the bread rise and then bake it. They didn't have time for for it to rise. So what they did was they just took the dough without the yeast and put it in the oven, baked it, and then um, brought it with them. So it's kind of like today's version of a flatbread, okay, which is really good. Um, okay, so uh, moving on. So F Festival of Unleavened Bread, verse 17, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? So, uh, first of all, the the, the Passover, uh, the usual thing that they, they eat there is bread and wine, okay? And uh, that's what we do now for our communion, except we don't drink the wine at church, okay? We don't uh, uh, put that in the little cup. That's not wine. It's, just, it's most likely grape juice that they, that they serve in church. And so the disciples asked, where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the, the Passover? So look at here. The disciples asked, where? And Jesus answered, go into the city. That's verse 18. Go into the city. So the disciples asked, where? Jesus answered with a place. Okay. The disciples didn't ask why or what or how. And then Jesus answered with a place. No. Jesus answered them according to what they were asking about or what their what their concern was, what their what their problem was, you know. And to me, this gives me comfort that when I pray to the Lord and ask him about something, that he will answer me accordingly. That he will answer me according to what I have asked him. Now, he answers it in his time and in his manner, okay? Um, that is his privilege, okay? And, and when, when he wants to. And, you know, he always does, you know, through, through he answers us through 
prayer and primarily through his word. So it gives me comfort that if I ask him about something, that he will answer me accordingly and that he will help me to understand that answer as well. And so verse 18, so he replied, go into the city to a certain man and tell him, the teacher says, my appointed time is near. I'm going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. In verse 19, so the disciples did just did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. Now, verse 19, you know, you could easily just quickly read this and just, you know, have a quick glance at it. You might, you know, at first glance, you might think it's just a connector between verse 18 and verse 20. And you can just read it as just like, okay, yeah. Um, so the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. But read that carefully because look at that. So the disciples did as, Je as Jesus had directed them. They did did as Jesus had directed them. They did as Jesus had directed them. Now Mark, in the book of Mark and Luke, they act, it actually says there, the disciples left and found things just as Jesus had told them. Now, they did as Jesus had directed them without questioning, you know, how are we supposed to know that uh, there's actually going to be a man in that city who has a house in that city. How can we be sure? Like, Jesus, could you, you know, maybe confirm that? Jesus, can you maybe, you know, give us a sign that, you know, that that's for sure, that that's really going to happen because we don't want to waste our time going there or waste our time or energy. No, they didn't ask Jesus that. They just did as Jesus had directed them. I mean, how many of us can actually just do as Jesus had directed us or do just as Jesus directs us. How many of us can do that? You know, I, I hope all of us, you know, it's easier said than done, of course, you know, you know, without just, just doing, I mean, without asking, Lord, can you give me a sign? Now, yes, God can, can give us a sign and, and confirmation if, you know, if we ask him, you know, uh, he can confirm it again, primarily through his word you know, in, in prayer and, you know, by, by other godly people, you know, who are close to us, you know, you can even use, you know, our surroundings and situations, you know, um, but most of the time primarily it's his word and yes, he may confirm it with us, you know, but something just like Gideon, if you guys remember the story of Gideon, you know, uh, he asked God, you know, to confirm with him if he was to make a move or not. And again, you know, God, sometimes we'll confirm it with us, you know, we should never uh, uh, go ahead of God's um, uh, promptings, you know, never go, never get ahead of God, you know, wait for his timing. Um, but when he does tell you something, you know, and, and it is already confirmed with you uh, from him, that you're supposed to do as he has directed, then do it. I think you know, there's no way around it. I mean, just, just do it as Jesus had has directed us. Now, sometimes when we ask God for confirmations and and signs, like you know, like give me like ten thousand stars or whatever, you know, um, sometimes we do that because we don't actually want to do what He's telling us to do. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but isn't that true sometimes? And sometimes we ask him for confirmation after confirmation after confirmation just because we actually don't have the faith to step out and do as he tells us to do, as he directs us to do. Sometimes it's like that. You know, if God tells you to start something, you know, to do something, I don't know, maybe ministry, career, family, I'm not sure, you know, just, just do it. You know, Ecclesiastes 11.4, let's, let's take a look at that. Ecclesiastes 11.4. Give me a second here. My computer is getting a little slow today. Eleven four. Okay, Ecclesiastes 11.4. Listen to this. Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. Meaning to say, 
if you're waiting for the perfect situation, for everything to be perfect first, before you do what God's telling you to do, you're never going to do it. Did you guys get that? If you're waiting for all, everything to be perfect, the situation, everything before you actually step out in faith to do what God is telling you to do, you're never going to do it. You know, because what is faith for? What is hanging on to God for? If you're already like, well, yeah, okay, everything is perfect, it'll go as planned. Then that's just on your own doing. That's not hanging on to God by faith. You know, so when God, when God tells us, when the Lord tells us to do something, let's step out and do it. Step out and do it. Just as the disciples did. And so moving on to verse 22, okay. So when evening came, Jesus, sorry, verse 20. Now, you know what? Yeah, I'll go ahead and, and go down to verse 22. They were very sad and began to say to him. So, so Jesus tells them, one of you will betray me. So they were very sad and began to say to him, one after another, Surely you don't mean me, Lord. Now take a look at this. That's in verse 22. Now if you look at Judas, okay, in verse 25, Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. So if you look at this, all the faithful disciples called Jesus Lord. Except for Judas. Judas calls just calls him rabbi, teacher. And so, you know, um, Matthew likes to point this out. And if you look at the quotation in verse 22, each word, I'm talking about the NIV version, okay? Each word is the same except for the word Lord and rabbi between the disciples and uh, and Judas. So it shows how, you know, the, the disciples recognize that Jesus is Lord and Judas just recognizes him just as a teacher. And isn't that true today too? You know, some people just say, oh yeah, Jesus, you know, he was, he was a good teacher, you know. But they don't believe that Jesus is the son of God, you know. Okay, so verse 23. Jesus replied, the one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. Now, Jesus mentioning that the one who has dipped his hand into the bowl. Now, um, in, in the culture back then, and it's still true today, that um, when they are eating together and they dip bread in the same bowl, you know, that means to say that I am your friend and I will not hurt you. So it emphasizes, you know, that someone means that I am your friend and I will not hurt you. So by Jesus emphasizing, saying this phrase and kind of letting everybody, you know, reminding, I mean, they all knew what it means, you know, but by Jesus verbally saying it out and, and reminding them kind of makes what Judas did really bad, really terrible, because here you are eating with me, you know, this is supposed to mean that you're not going to hurt me, but you did, you know. So this, this, this kind of emphasizes how, the, you know, the, the, how terrible uh, what, what Judas did. And so verse 25, I'll jump to verse 25. Then, oh, sorry. So verse 26, while they were eating, Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body. Now, we all know that this is a, a communion uh, or some, you know, you may call it differently, like Lord's Supper. Um, and there's different names have a, a, a different aspect or a different look to it. Okay, so Lord's Supper, okay, this is a Passover meal. Jesus ate with disciples. And the Eucharist, okay, uh, sometimes called the Eucharist, is um, Thanksgiving. So we thank God for Christ's work in us. And then um, it's also called communion because we, uh, we commune with God and with other believers. So whenever we take communion, you know, let, let us always quietly be reflective. Let's recall what Jesus had done for us on the cross and um, the promise, his promise to come again. And, you know, let's be grateful uh, for God's wonderful gift to us and, you know, joyfully meeting with, uh, with Christ and, and the body of his body of believers. And so verse 27, then he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. 
This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Now, verse 28, in some manuscripts, it actually says there, uh, this is my blood of the new covenant. Okay, so uh, covenant covenant is, uh, in modern day, you can say that it, it is a contract. Okay, but contract the word contract kind of dilutes you know what a covenant really means because contract to us now is just like signing your name and it is binding yes but you know i mean you can just get a lawyer and then you can get out or whatever some people just break the contract you know um but a covenant a covenant is deep okay covenant is sealed by blood you know so if you remember um when god gave uh moses the 10 commandments you know he sprinkled blood on the people so it's like sealing you know it's it's bonding bonding that that covenant that contract um it's a contract between god and his people okay so it's it's a really really big deal compared to just a contract that we sign you know in in our present time and so um a co- covenant also in the new in the king james version uh the way it translated is testament okay so that's why in the bible you have the old testament and the new testament so it's old covenant and new covenant and um, the co- the old covenant is basically a shadow of Jesus Christ. Okay, of the new covenant, the the Mosaic covenant, which is the old covenant, is uh, a shadow of the Messianic uh, covenant, which is uh, the law of Christ. You know, being being just looking to Jesus basically, and we find that in Hebrews ten one. I'm just going to say now that we are going to overtime in this in this video just because we have so much reading to do today. Um, so Hebrews 10.1, but it's great. I mean, you know, we get something out of it. You know, usually I just make this into like a 30-minute video, but sometimes I do go over to like, you know, an hour. It's a lot of overtime, right? Because usually, you know, when you, when you preach or when you teach something, you know, you, most uh, most sessions are just like 30 minutes you know but whatever okay so hebrews 10 1 the law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming not the realities themselves for this reason it can never by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year make perfect those who draw near to worship okay so so it says here clearly the law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming not the realities themselves okay so um before we get into you know uh the covenant okay reading uh there's a lot that we're going to cover on the notes okay uh verse 30 there the the very last verse when they had sung a hymn they went out to the mount of olives okay so uh the hymn here um it is most likely some people say it's psalms 115 to 118 i'm not going to go through that now but um read it when you get the chance it's it's nice it's amazing uh so 115 to 118 but some people say it's it's also psalms 113 all the way to 118 okay um so usually they sing that those psalms as part of the passover meal okay so going to our notes here okay so the first one let me just open my own copy of the notes here in my computer so it's a lot easier Okay, so we're going to go through back and forth um, Hebrews. Okay, so the book of Hebrews, um, it's not exactly known who wrote it, but uh, scholars say it's Paul, okay, because Paul never really signed the book of Hebrews, but they say it's him just because um, uh, some say it's the style of writing and so on. But anyway, so we're going to go through that. So um what's nice about hebrews is the author okay uh differentiates com- basically compares uh, the old covenant and the new covenant in christ um he did it as if he was comparing a photograph of a person and just comparing the differences and similarities to that of the actual person okay so the old covenant it's as if the old covenant is a photograph of Jesus, and then the new covenant is Jesus himself, okay? That's why we don't look to the photograph, we look 
to Jesus, okay? We don't look to the old covenant, we look to Jesus because by looking to Jesus, we are already, uh, uh, we, we can never perfectly achieve the old covenant. That's why G- God gave his only begotten son for us because he knew that we could never, we could never live up to uh, what that contract everything that says in the Ten Commandments. Okay, I, I, I'm getting ahead of myself, so let's backtrack a little bit. Okay, so um, on your notes there, number one, okay, everyone can come directly to God by faith in Jesus Christ and what He has done on the cross for us. So that's Romans 3, 21 to 22. So let's go there. Romans 3, Romans 3, 21 to 22. Okay, so... But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. So it is for all, okay? What Christ did is for everybody, okay? And note number two, the old covenant was a shadow of the new, and I have mentioned that before. But now let's look at Hebrews 8, okay, 1 to 13. So this is quite a long passage, but let's go through it. So Hebrews 8, 1 to 13. Okay, so, oh, what did I do there? Okay, so, uh, Starting in verse 1, I'm reading from the NIV version. Now, the main point of what we are saying is this. We do have such a high priest who sat down at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven and who serves in the sanctuary, the true tabernacle set up by the Lord, not by a mere human being. Every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. And so it was necessary for this one also to have something to offer. If he were on earth, he would not be a priest, for there are already priests who offer the gifts prescribed by the law. They serve at a sanctuary that is a copy and shadow of what is in heaven. This is why Moses was warned when he was about to build the tabernacle. See to it that you make everything according to pattern shown you on the mountain. But in fact, the ministry Jesus has received is as superior to theirs as the covenant of which he is mediator is superior to the old one, since the new covenant is established on better promises. For if there had been nothing, whoops, I'm sorry, let me go back there. My computer is lagging today. So I'm going to go with um, verse 6. But in fact, the ministry Jesus has received is as superior to theirs as the covenant of which his mediator is superior to the old one, since the new covenant is established in better promises. For if there had been nothing wrong with that first covenant, no place would have been sought for another. But God found fault with the people and said, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt. Because they did not remain faithful to my covenant, and I turned away from them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will establish with the people of Israel. After that time, declares the Lord, I will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, Know the Lord, because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. For I will forgive their wickedness, and I will remember their sins no more. By calling this covenant new, he has made the first one obsolete, and what is obsolete and outdated will soon disappear. Now, so if if you've seen that 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 part right there that was actually taken from Jeremiah 31 31 to 34 okay so i'm not going to go there now because it's already quoted here in hebrews okay so let's let's go through it one by one now that's note we're, we're note number 3 right now 
the old and new covenants okay so again um we're gonna go verse by verse and then going back and forth with the notes okay i see i'm all, i'm already on the 30 minute mark but anyway i'm just gonna go for it so the first one so so verse eight sorry chapter three verse three and four let's go there chapter eight verses three and four so every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices and so it was necessary for this one also to have something to offer if he were on earth he would not be a priest for there are already priests who offer the gifts described by the law now the old covenant under Moses, okay, gifts and sacrifices by those guilty of sin. The new covenant in Christ is self-sacrifice by the guiltless Christ. And the application is simply Christ died for you. Now, verses 5 to 6 and then 10 to 12, okay, 5 to 6. So they serve in a sanctuary that is a copy and shadow of what is in heaven. This is why Moses warned when he was about to build a tabernacle, see to it that you make everything according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. But in fact, the ministry Jesus has received is as superior to theirs as the covenant of which he is mediator is superior to the old one since the new covenant is established on better promises. And then 10 to 12, let's go down 10 to 12. This is the covenant I will establish with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I'll put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. No longer will they teach each other or say to one another, Know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest, for I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. So, Old Covenant under Moses focused on a physical building where one goes to worship. New Covenant in Christ focuses on the reign of Christ in believers' hearts. The application is, God is directly involved in your life. Isn't that great? And then verses 10 to 12, I just read that. The old covenant under Moses is a shadow. The new covenant in Christ is a reality. Application is not temporal, but eternal. Okay, verse 6. I just read verse 6, right? Okay, but in fact, the ministry Jesus has received is as superior to theirs as the covenant of which his mediator is superior to the old ones, since the new covenant is established on better promises. The old covenant under Moses is limited promises. The new covenant in Christ is limitless promises. The application is we can trust God's promises to us. Okay, verses 8 and 9. Okay, I've just read that, so I'm just going to just read to you guys, you know, the comparisons. Okay, so the Old Covenant under Moses is failed agreement by people. And the New Covenant in Christ is faithful agreement by Christ. The application is Christ has kept the agreement where people couldn't. Now, verse chapter 9, verse 1, I didn't read this part, so I'm, I'm going to go through it quickly one by one. Okay, so verse 1. Now the first covenant had regulations for worship and also an earthly sanctuary. So old covenant under Moses, external standards and rules. The new covenant in Christ, internal standards, a new heart. Application is God sees both actions and motives. We are accountable to God, not rules. And then jump to verse 7. But only the high priest entered the inner room and that only once a year and never without blood, which he offered for himself and for the sins the people had committed in ignorance. So that one, uh, verse 7, the old covenant under Moses limited access to God. And the new covenant in Christ is unlimited access to God. Application is God is personally available. Now, um, if you remember when Jesus died on the cross, okay, and then he said, it is finished. You remember that part where the, the um the curtain to the holy of holies was torn okay so that signifies that we now have complete access to god through jesus christ okay because the holy of holies only the high priest could go in there once a year um uh, for uh, uh the atonement of sins okay so you can only go there once a year and that's the holy of holies was only um <clears throat> 
where God is. Okay, now we all know God is not contained in that area. But again, you have to understand that people didn't really have any idea whatsoever of what we know now. Okay, so God actually has to um, have them build a tabernacle, okay, and have them see that, okay, uh, this is what it's like, you know, this is, this is, uh, I am God and I am holy and there, there are rules you have to follow and so on. Okay. Now, when Jesus died on the cross, that curtain was torn apart. Okay. Again, meaning that we now have access to God personally through Jesus Christ. Now, uh, just a little fact about that curtain. Okay. You know how a curtain is, you know, the regular curtain is just thin, right? Now, that curtain is really thick. Okay. Um, regular curtain is probably like this thin, like the, you know, the width, okay? Now, the curtain, um, uh, people say, was as thick as your palm, okay? That's the width. So, that's a super thick curtain, okay? And it it was torn from top to bottom, not bottom up. And it's important to know because if it's bottom up, there could have been somebody down there who, you know, tried to cut it and then like tear it like bit by bit, you know, all the way to the top, right? But since it was done from the top and, you know, the temple, the whole, you know, the height is super tall, you know. So there's no way somebody could be up there and tearing that really thick um, uh, curtain. And of course, you know, when you tear a curtain, uh, you hear it, right? So um, and that's just a, th- a thin curtain, but a thick curtain, you know, for sure, you could have heard that, you know, pretty loud when it was torn. Okay. But that is the significance of that. So verse nine, okay, jumping to verse nine. This is an illustration, verse 9 to 10. This is an illustration for the present time, indicating that the gifts and sacrifices being offered were not able to clear the conscience of the worshiper. They are only a matter of food and drink and various ceremonial washings, external regulations applying until the time of the new order. So the old covenant under Moses, okay, this is legal cleansing. The new covenant in Christ is personal cleansing. The application is God's cleansing is complete. Now, 11 verses 11 to 14 and 24 to 28, it's pretty long, but I'm just going to tell you the, the summary of comparison is the old covenant under Moses is continual sacrifice. The new covenant in Christ is conclusive sacrifice. The application is Christ's sacrifice was perfect and final. Okay, verse 22, let's take a look at that real quick. Verse 22, in fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. The old covenant under Moses is forgiveness earned. The new covenant in Christ, forgiveness freely given. We have true and complete forgiveness. 24 and 28, I think I've gone through that before. Okay, no, not yet. So the old covenant under Moses is repeated yearly. The new covenant in Christ completed by Christ's death. Application is Christ's death can be applied to our sin. And verse 26, let's go there really quick. Verse 26. uh, Otherwise, Christ would have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world, but he has appeared once for all at the culmination of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. So the old covenant under Moses is available to some. The new covenant in Christ is available to all. So the application is it's available to you. So I know that was a lot of, uh, you know, reading and some of you guys that might have been, you know, kind of boring. But let me just uh, quickly go. uh, Give me just one second here. I'm going to find that. Give me one minute, guys. Hold on. Can't seem to find it here. But anyway, I was trying to find the exact number. But um, so you know how God gave um, Moses the Ten Commandments, right? Now, apart from the Ten Commandments, there were other guidelines and um, principles, you know, that God had given to Moses. And, you know, the Bible is not a rule book. Okay, it's a principles book, it's a guideline, you know, it's God's uh, plan of salvation for us, you know, the whole Bible points to Jesus, okay. So, a lot of the things that God has given uh, Moses uh, was guidelines for the people, okay, like, uh, um, 
it's it's okay. So it's actually about. I was trying to think of the number. I was looking for the exact number, but it's about six hundred and thirteen altogether. I think I have to check that. I was trying to check that just now. I can't find it. I wrote it somewhere. I mean, I typed it somewhere. Um, so it's about six hundred and thirteen, I think. Um, and and those guidelines include things that um, to keep peace in society, like you know, do not murder. Okay, do not take your neighbor's wife. Okay, do not steal. You know. These are things to keep, you know, peace in the society. And then uh, apart from that, there's also, you know, guidelines on health and hygiene, you know, um, how to prevent, you know, disease from spreading. Um, like if somebody had leprosy, you know, you have to, you know, isolate them. Okay. Now, even if God tried to explain, again, always think this way, people back then don't know what we know now. For example, God couldn't explain to them matters of infectious diseases, okay? Like how diseases spread, what is bacteria, you know? They don't even know what a DNA is, you know, what a virus is, you know? Um, Bloodborne pathogens, you know, airborne pathogens, you know? It, God can't explain that to them. Even if he tried, they're not going to get it, okay? They're, they have no idea what that is. So to make things simple, God just tells them, okay, if somebody is... Um, has a infectious disease, okay, or, or leprosy and so on, isolate them. You know, that is to protect people, okay? Why? Because it's out of love. He doesn't want them to get hurt, okay? He doesn't want everybody to get sick, okay? So what is supposed to be to protect us, you know, to protect the people um, out of love, fast forward to New Testament, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they took it, as something that is uh, uh, used to to downplay other people, you know, just to lift themselves up. Like, for example, if somebody has leprosy, oh, okay, you're sinful, get out of here. You don't belong to us. You don't belong with us, you know. That's kind of how they did it, okay. So, actually, when, when God gave that, you know, the Ten Commandments and the guidelines, the other guidelines to Moses, it was out of protection, out of love for the people, okay. Sometimes, you know, when... When some people read, you know, the Old Testament and his commandments, they they just don't want to get into it anymore because it, it sounds a bit too strict, you know, and so on. But they can't see past the rule or the guideline, sorry. They can't see past the guideline. That guidelines are there to to help people to be better, to keep peace in the society and so on. It's just like, you know, a, a parent and a child. You know, you don't just go off and let your child do whatever. You set certain guidelines, you know, with a child. You know, that's out of love because you want to protect the child. You love the child so much, you want to protect him or her. Okay, same thing with God and, and, and us, you know, and, and the Israelites back then. So that's one aspect of it. And another another thing about about um, the the Ten Commandments, okay, the people, they they don't really know definitions again not as much as we know now okay for example when the lord told them do not steal okay then they know oh taking something from someone without permission is called stealing and god doesn't like that and i shouldn't do that and that is a sin so i shouldn't do that now they know the meaning of stealing oh taking somebody's life is called murder and i shouldn't do that because that is not good, God doesn't like that, that is a sin. Now they know the meaning of that. So by giving the Ten Commandments, you know, God also gives them definition of what is sin and what are the things that God doesn't like. And also, these things also protect them, you know. For example, stealing. Okay, let's go back to stealing. Thou shalt not steal. You know, if you steal something small, you know, you think is innocent, then you're going to want something more, you know, and more and more and then you, later on they may want to they, they will have to maybe you know murder somebody to steal a certain thing right so it gets worse and worse again god's laws you know god's principles you know are there to to guide us you know they're supposed to be life giving not life restricting okay it's life giving it is to protect you because he loves you okay so so that's um that's another aspect of it and then Another aspect of it, you know, uh, uh, to add more to that is he said these Ten Commandments 
you know, to show people that you cannot do all of this perfectly. He knew. He knew people. He's God. He knows everything. Okay. He knows past, present, future. So he knew the people weren't going to keep up with those commandments. Okay. So that's to show the people, look at this standard. This is the standard. And you can't get to that standard. Knowing that you guys need a savior. And that's Jesus. Okay. So now, now that, you know, what Jesus has done, you know, if you read the Old Testament, okay, if you have no idea about how many, you know, uh, the things that they had to do, you know, for when they sin and so on, you know, um, sacrificing of the animal and so on, you know, we don't have to do all of that. You know, thank you, Lord. <laughs> That'll be messy. Um, and for sure, I'll be sacrificing a lot of animals. Okay, let's just put it that way. Um, but I... I Thank God for his, his son, Jesus, for what he did for us. You know, I mean, we don't have to do any of that. I mean, he did everything, you know. That's why we don't have to look at the old law. We just look to Jesus. We look to Jesus. Jesus achieved that, you know. He was pure. He was, he was uh, of no sin. You know, he didn't commit anything. You know, he fulfilled the law. And he fulfilled the law for us. He became the official sacrifice, the sacrifice for all people's sin. So now we don't have to look at the old law. We're not under that law. Okay, we now are just looking to Christ. You know, as we look at Christ, we are already forgiven for whenever for whenever we we uh, commit sin. Okay, so it's a, a simple you know illustration is this. For example. If you're a smoker, okay, and there is a no smoking sign, and you're a smoker, let's say you're a smoker, smoking is bad for you. If you are a smoker, smoking is bad for you. Okay, I know it doesn't say anything in the Bible like do not smoke. You know, people tell me that where where does it say in the Bible do not smoke? Like, okay, first of all, you know, God says you know your body's a temple. You know, you gotta respect it, and it, it's bad for you. You know, why are you going to do something that's bad for you anyway? It stinks, you know. Anyway, so let's say you're a smoker and you see a no smoking sign, right? You're going to go like, oh, oh, I can't smoke here. Like, so you're under the law. You're under that law of no smoking, right? But if you're not a smoker, okay, and there is a no smoking sign there, it doesn't really affect you. You're not disobeying it, you know. But it doesn't affect. But it doesn't affect you because you're not a smoker anyway. Yeah, you're already achieving the fact that it says "do not smoke." You're not smoking because you're not a smoker. But it doesn't affect you. Okay, that's the same thing with Christ. Okay, yes, the you know there's still the guidelines and so on. You know, but it doesn't affect me because I just look to Jesus. I look to Jesus, and I'm already achieving that. Not perfectly, obviously, okay? But for every time I fail, since Jesus already achieved it for me, I just ask him for for forgiveness to wash away my sins, and then I'm good to go. That's a wonderful thing, you know? You fail, you fall, you get up, ask for forgiveness, try again, you know? And, okay, that wasn't part of my notes of what I'm supposed to say, so maybe that is for somebody Today, you know, uh, whoever you are, you're watching this, you know, uh, either live or recorded version of this. If you fall, get up again, try again, okay? Ask Jesus, you know, to forgive you of your sins. He'll wash it away, you know, wash your heart. <laughs> and I always say, you know, yeah, Jesus, give me a brainwash as well. You know, wash my heart, you know, wash away my sins, and please give me a brainwash, you know, <laughs> Uh, so maybe that's, you know, for somebody here today, you know, if you've fallen, uh, if you've backslidden, ask God for forgiveness, you know, through his son, Jesus Christ. He'll forgive your sins, you know, wash away all your sins and get up and try again. You know, keep walking. Don't quit. Okay, don't quit. The only time that, you know, it, failure, okay, failure is when you quit, okay, God will never quit on you. That's the wonderful thing. He will never quit on you. Keep walking with him. Hold his hand. You know, you're going to be all right. I don't know. 
I'm sure that's for somebody today. You know, I wasn't planning on saying that. That's not even in my notes, you know. Um, I never follow a script. Uh, uh, people who know me, you know, uh, me doing this, even the Bible studies that I do, I don't follow a script. I don't have any, like, uh, you know, some people type up what they have to say and they memorize. I don't do any of that. Um, I just have, you know, notes that uh, what I have to talk about. So when I say something like this, it's out of my... Uh, not in my notes. I know truly it is um, for somebody, and and thank you, Holy Spirit, for for letting me know about that, for uh, helping me deliver that message to whoever uh, needed that today. Um, so today I know we're close to an hour already, and uh, I troubled you guys with uh, with uh, this midnight recording, uh, and I know it was a lot of reading, a lot of facts, and so on. Um, if you didn't catch all of that, you can always rewind this, and there's always uh, these notes, okay? Um, so takeaways that we had today was uh, Jesus always addresses our concerns. Let us always do as Jesus directs us, and we have freedom in Christ Jesus because of what he did for us on the cross. Um, hopefully, you guys uh, got something today, and I'm sure you did, you know, not because I'm good, but because God is good. Let's let's close in prayer. Father God, thank you, Lord God, for uh, an awesome time of Bible study today. Thank you for your son Jesus and what he did for us, Lord, for fulfilling fulfilling the the covenant for us, Lord God, that all we have to do is accept him as Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I pray for for whoever is struggling right now, Father. Uh, I I pray for deliverance. I I pray for for help for them, help them to, Holy Spirit, please minister to them. Uh, Father God, I pray for everyone who is uh, watching this today. I pray for blessings and favor for them, Father. Thank you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. So, um, it is now one o eight in the morning. Uh, uh, thank you guys for bearing with me. I know I was a little, you know, uh, uh, what do you call that? Uh, rusty, I should say. Uh, forgive me because it's a little late. Uh, hopefully, I'll be better next time. Uh, if you are in uh, uh, Southern California, if you are in the city of Pomona, I do Bible studies there at uh, Starbucks in Pomona. Um, I also do one in uh, Eastville on Thursday, 7 p.m. at uh, Panera Bread. So join us there. Uh, I'll put my social media links uh, somewhere in the description. I hope I remember to do that. Uh, that way, you know, you, you can connect with me. Uh, uh, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, any, every social media. I think I'm there, Tumblr, you know, everything. Uh, so do connect with me. Uh, I'd love to uh, connect with you as well. Um, if you have any questions or concerns, you know, whatever, just uh, email me. Or message me here. I think um, uh, YouTube has that thing where you can message me directly. Uh, so thank you guys. Uh, hopefully, uh, I hope to see you guys again next week. Okay, God bless. <laughs>